0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popularities of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. My name is Bruce Johnson. I am joined, as always, by my awesome brother, Jacob Johnson. Hello. He is back in the not-so-awesome state of Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm in the wonderful state of South Dakota. Uh, but given that uh, our circumstances, he is remote, so 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 glad that we could both uh, be together and you know help you uh, help to put together this show for you guys uh, let us know where you're at if you're in a, a different state somewhere we'd love to hear from you send us an email at drD at protonmail.com TRD show stands for the reform dissenters show TRD show at protonmail.com. Also, our website is trdshow.net. Check us out on there. Sign up for our newsletter, trdshow.net slash newsletter. We got all sorts of cool stuff for you to do. Like this video, if you like it. Um, We will know, and we would really appreciate that. Um, don't forget to send us topic ideas. Today is topic Friday and we are discussing the 10 commandments, uh, 10 commandments in real life. This is commandment three. We did Commandments one and two, uh, in, in previous episodes. So definitely check those out if you haven't already, but this is commandment number three. And, uh, but we'd love to hear from you if you have topic ideas that you would like us to tackle and discuss on the show Uh, send us an email at at ProtonMail.com. But before we get into our topic today, we have to talk about the verse of the week. And our verse this whole week has been Titus chapter 1, verses 15 through 16. Uh, And that verse says, To the pure, all things are pure. But to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both their minds and their consciences are defiled. They profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. And again, that was Titus uh, chapter 1, verses 15 through 16. So um, just a little bit of commentary on that verse. We talked a lot more about that on Monday and Wednesday. But, you know, part of this that I think really ties in our conversation today is what is uh, what are our works, what is it that we do every day, both in our, our minds? What do we think? What do we say? And, and what do we do with our hands? All of those things should be done for the glory of God. And our, you know, our tagline here, if, you, if you're watching me, you can see up here on the tagline is do everything for the glory of God. Um, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord is what we say at the end of the show. And we need to know how to do that. What does that, what does that mm. mean? The Ten Commandments is, is a great summary for delving into what it truly means to live a life according to the, uh, for the glory of God and according to his word. So when we are, are questioning what, what does it mean to, to do that, the Ten Commandments is a great place to start studying that. It's not comprehensively everything because it, it's a summary again, because the rest of the word of God then goes into more detail But it gets us started down the path of figuring out what it looks like to not deny God with our works. It says that um, uh, to the defiled and unbelieving, uh, those people deny God by their works. What does it mean to not deny God by our works? And that's kind of what we want to discuss today when we're discussing the third commandment. So I will just kind of introduce the third, just read it off. And then Jacob has actually done a large chunk of research for this. He really got into studying this. So we're going to let him kind of take away the, uh, take the conversation away today, which will be cool. But I will read through uh, this verse and then I'll pass it over to you, Jake. Mm -hmm. So um, we find this third commandment in Exodus chapter 20, verse seven, which says, you shall not take the name of the Lord, your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes His name in vain. So there are a lot of aspects to this. I know that you've got like a list of like eleven different things that you want to get yes. into, which is and, so and cool. a little bit more. Yes. Wow, that's awesome. So um, yeah, take it away, Jake. I'll just uh, I'll just
1: pipe up once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think the first part of this, and what I really want to lay out here. That is vitally important about this, and why we should really be focusing in on making sure we follow this commandment. We should be following all the commandments, but this one especially, God put a specific command on it, mm. and He says, um, "He will not hold us guiltless mm. who takes His name in vain." Yeah, this is a very serious command that God will not hold anyone blameless if He takes His name in vain. Yes, and we as Christians. And I want to lay this out as well, that we are Christians who are image bearers of God, but we also are people who wear his name. In when we call ourselves Christians, it is Christ-ians. Yes. We have his name. Yep, And we hold his name and we wear his name. And we should be very careful that we are not taking his name in vain. Right? And in very basically, it is, people understand this as, oh, not saying the... Using God's name as like a curse word or something like that. Mm. But there was way there's way more so to it. So much this. more. Yeah. And in in uh in my research, this book was super helpful and uh it was a book written by Thomas Watson. Ooh. And the title of the book is The Ten Commandments. Do you um, have it there on your shelf? Yes. Yes I do. <laughs> I have it around here. Sorry. Where is it? There it is. I found it. Right here. Oh, Thomas nice. Watson, Ten Commandments. Awesome. So it is an amazing book, an amazing research for finding out how much the Ten Commandments, what the Ten Commandments mean and how much they apply to our lives. Nice. Um, but in this book, under the Third Commandment, um, he lays out 11 ways in which we could take his name in vain. So wow. obviously, the that's a lot. Implication, right, right. And it is a lot. And <laughs> each one is different in its own way. Now, some might may be able to combine them together and make a couple of them, but each is has its own specific differences. I feel, hmm. and I think each eleven should stay separate. But obviously, the the idea here is finding ways in which we could take his name in vain. So, therefore, we can say, all right, let's not do that. Hmm. So, first one being, when we speak slightly or irre- or irreverently of his name, and I'm taking direct quotes, that is a direct quote from the book. And each one of these, each one of the headings will be a direct quote from the book. Um, but in explaining what he means here is, This is in the positive sense in that we should be speaking of God as if he was a high king. We should fear Mm. the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. We should be fearing God. Um, The way in which we speak of God should reflect respect. Mm. Jesus is a friend, but he is also a king who should not be mocked with vain speech. Yes. Yep. Um, moving on, if you have nothing
0: to add, Bruce. No, um... I, I think that that's really good. Keep, keep it coming. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> well, well I'm, on to... I mean, I can oh, go comment ahead.
0: just yeah. a little bit, you know, you know me, I always have words. Um, right, I, right. I, <laughs> I think that that's, that's a really important thing. And honestly, that plays into so much realizing the, the gravity of mm-hmm. the word of God and who that word comes from, right? Yeah. Where yeah. this holy and inerrant and inspired scripture comes from who it comes from. Yeah. When we understand our position in rel- in relation to our King and our savior, we really start to take things more seriously and it, it changes yeah. how we read the word of God. We take it mm-hmm. very seriously. This is not something we take lightly. And so, yeah, that, that plays in directly to how we think about God it's yeah. like physically, like like verbally, his name. But it's also, it's it's our perspective as to our relationship to our creator and our king. So I, I'm really glad yeah. you pulled that out. It's a really good thing to, to mention.
1: Yeah. And not having this, uh, speaking a little bit more about that, and not having this idea of God is that he's just loving, that he's just merciful. Mm. He is those things, but he is yes. also justice yes he is wise he is good yep and what that means is he is a king that should be feared Mm. right he has all the power Yeah. and that should be scary (laughs) but in a way that we show respect to god yes right yes any other idea someone who says well my god is just loving and merciful that is not (laughs) the true god
0: yeah it's not the god of the bible Yeah. Not just limiting to that. Yeah. Yeah, Which is why some people, they, they get confused and they think that there's a difference. They think there's the new Testament God and the old Testament God. Yeah. And it's like, they're one and the same. Right. Uh, It's perfectly in keeping with his character that he is all loving, all merciful, but also completely just Mm -hmm. and has a perfect, uh, 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 system of justice. And, that justice required that his son had to die on a cross in the most mm-hmm. the 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 worst fathomable w- death possible to deal with our sins and, and and what we do
1: daily so yeah 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 but <laughs> moving on to the second one that is just the first one everybody that is <laughs> out of just 11 the first one <laughs> But <laughs> moving on to the second one, and uh, this again, this is another quote in uh, Thomas Watson says, when we profess God's name, but we do not live answerably to it. That is how another way in which we take his name in vain. And mm. this fits this ties in perfectly to our verse of this week, Titus one sixteen, which says they profess to know God, but they deny him in his works, mm. our actions should reflect the will of God. Yeah. So then when, and, and this is another aspect of it. So then when unbelievers see us, they might say, I want to worship that God. Yes. Yep. And our works and our deeds, what we do, even, even in our world, when we're working, when we're doing our jobs, when we do everything, when we lie down and we, and we wake up, yes. everything should be done to the glory of God. Right. Right. And with God's name, Mm. right? We are doing something against God's name. We are um, taking his name in vain Mm. and we are in violation of this commandment. Yep. Yep. That is a really Um, good point. But moving on to number three, which this one's the basic one. This is one which we understand quite quite well when we've come to this commandment but when and again this is a quote from Thomas Watson from his book when we use God's name in idle discourse um, this is this one is a basic understanding and is talking about when we use God's name in basic conversations like OMG and stuff like that mm, yeah that that is another way in which we take God's name in vain yep um, moving on to number four. Uh, he says, when we worship him with our lips and not with our hearts. Mm. Um, And I love this, this threefold, this three difference, how we take God's name in vain with our words, how we take God's name in vain with our actions. Now he's moving on how we take his name in vain with our heart.
0: Mm. And
1: he gives a great quote to help us understand this. Um, in which he says, uh, through they have God in their mouths, they have the devil in their hearts. Mm. Is when that though? Spe- though they have God? Though they have God in their mouths, they have devils in their yeah. hearts. When we speak of God, we must be giving glory to him, not only in our word or deed, but also in our minds and hearts. How we think of God, our personal relationship to God. It should be in reverence and not um, taking that name in vain right yeah. we should be thinking of God the way that he is described in the Bible yep yep um unless you have anything to say about that and I'll move on to number five nope I think that was I think that was
0: really well well stated I mean part of that too is we need to make sure that we understand the God that we, that we worship. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, having uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of of knowledge um, or the beginning of wisdom. There are both verses in Proverbs that say knowledge and wisdom. Um, It's the beginning of all, of all things. But the fear of the Lord comes from us knowing him, comes from us knowing this God that we worship and knowing his attributes. Uh, And so when we don't take the time to, to do that, we, we are in a sense, um uh, you know, kind of taking his name in vain because we don't fully understand this. We don't understand what he's revealed to us. Now, there's obviously elements and aspects of him that he hasn't revealed to us. The secret things are for the Lord. Yeah. Um, but there are things that he has and he expects us to study them and expects us to, to know them and, and seek them out um, like a deer pants for water. So I pant for your law, like David said. Right. We should be searching for those sorts of things so that we're not taking his name in vain, and we are representing yeah. him properly, and we are giving an account for him properly when people ask us, what God do you worship? We can describe right. him accurately. Yeah, and that's yeah. all part of it. That's a really, I didn't even consider that. That's a really good perspective
1: that that, that ties into this commandment. Yeah. That's, that's really good. Speaking of unexpected applications of this, I think this one is really big, Um, first of all, that it's super important, but also it's completely unexpected. Um, At least for me, i never thought of this when coming to this uh, commandment, but um, Watson says, when we pray to him, but but do not believe in him. Hmm. Now, that is not talking about the unbeliever. This is talking about the Christian. Thomas Watson is talking about when we pray, but we do not believe God hears us, Mm. Or that God would answer our prayers. Yeah. It's a really interesting uh, application. <laughs> yeah. This, and I feel like this one is easy for someone to fall into. Um, it is hard to think that God could hear us <laughs> without with our limited human understanding. Yeah. Um, but we have to believe that God he- does hear us and he will answer our play- prayers. We have to really believe this when we pray. Um, if we, and, and moving on to this, another aspect of this, if we do not believe God will hear us if, or that he will not answer us, we are making a false god, mm-hmm. right? We yeah. are not only breaking the third commandment by, by taking his name in vain, but we are breaking the first commandment as well, and we are worshiping a different God, mm, we wow. do not believe that He can hear us or that He will answer us yeah, in our prayers. that's a really good point. Yep. Um, but moving on to number six, uh, when in any way we prof- profane or abuse His Word, mm. um, this is talking about the Bible. If we are in sin, and and this is a interesting aspect, even when He's saying profane or or abuse His Word. It's like, oh, okay, when we um, change it or we do weird stuff with it. But even so, he's talking about if we are in sin and then we go out to proclaim God, we are profaning his word and in turn profaning his name. Mm. Right? When we make a claim from scripture that we are in that sin, Yeah, we are profaned, we are uh, sinful beings who are then using his perfect word, we are profaning that word and in yeah. turn profaning his name. Yeah. Um, but also Thomas Watson says the, the word of God is profaned in general when profane men meddle with it, mm. when profane men use it, when profane men change it even. Um, but now moving on to number seven, unless you have something to say about that, Bruce. No, I thought that was really, really well stated. Nice. Yep. So yep. number seven being when we swear by God's name, when we use curse words as commonplace. Mm. Uh, Thomas Watson defines people who impulsively curse as mad dogs. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. This this is a very apt description, and I work in a kitchen. Who uh, work in a kitchen where this is everywhere? Everybody is a mad dog in this sense, where they impulsively curse, and it really makes this quite understandable. But for those that Don't work in a kitchen and don't work in an environment where this is the case. Just just think of a mad dog that continues to bark at someone for no apparent reason, (laughs) but yet change it to a human doing that (laughs) with curse words. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yep. And uh, moving on to number eight, hopefully that that gives you a good understanding. Oh, yeah what that's supposed to be impulsively. I've been in office situations too, where that's,
0: it's just like, why, why are you, it it loses the, it loses its meaning. And then they have to escalate it to actually, when a situation kind of does call for it, they have to now escalate, escalate their curse words to show that this is actually a time of like, Hey, this is important, you know, (laughs) like as opposed to, Hey, how about we don't use them unless we uh, absolutely have to, to convey, what's actually being what the situation is actually calling for here you know (laughs) right right yeah yeah Yeah. but especially but but never the 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 name of god you know like that mm -hmm. is and we addressed that earlier but that's completely separate from actual curse words curse words themselves should be used very infrequently yeah yeah um but, but that doesn't even in- include at all the word of God, or yeah, the name of God, which is implied if you're, should be implied if you're a Christian. Unfortunately, I think there's a lot of Christians that didn't get the memo on that one for some reason. because their <laughs> churches didn't preach on it. Um, but it should be implied as a Christian.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But number eight, when we prefix God's name to any wicked action. Mm. Uh, current world example that Thomas Watson gives is... The Pope of the Roman Catholic Church—he <laughs> claims yep. to be—he—he he prefixes God's name. He—he he, um, assumes God, right? And then in every single action, he defames God in mm. all of his actions. Yeah. Um, now we as Christians need to understand that when we have faith in God, in our new creatures, we bear His. Name, Mm, So our actions are already prefixed with God's name. Yep. Right? So, therefore, all of our actions are either glorifying or profaning his name. When we do a wicked deed, then we are breaking his command. So, really, Mm. in this, talking about the Pope and everything... When in in a basic understanding of this is that when someone uh, says I'm doing this in God's name, yet it's a wicked action. Yeah, yeah. That that's what he's talking about. Yeah. Basically. Um. So hopefully that one's understandable. I don't necessarily think that that one comes up a whole lot. Yeah. Yet it's another aspect of it, and especially us as Christians, we already prefix his name. Basically, yeah. we're already saying in our hearts and to everybody else, I am doing this in God's name. Mm. Everything we do is in God's name.
0: Right. Well, I mean, this to kind everyone. of brings to mind people like Joel Olstein, who claim to be, you know, doing this in the name of God. But right. they're, people are giving him money mm-hmm. to, for him. <laughs> right. And he's claiming that they're getting blessed and they're going to live great lives and they're going to get all this stuff. right? right? Um, yeah. So he's, it's a scheme. It's, it's a, it's a scam. Um, and he's doing it with God's name, which is clearly a violation of this commandment and a whole host of others, (laughs) but definitely this one's on the list of, of commands that he's violating with that. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, number nine, when we use our tongues, any way to dishonor, to the dishonor of God's name, Mm. uh, Thomas Watson talks about this in wishing curses upon ourselves, hmm. wanting harm to be done to ourselves. Now, these are people who are very depressive people who wish self-harm or suicide and stuff like that. When, And, and this is wrong because we are image bearers of God, right? When we are wishing harm upon ourselves, and, and this isn't even doing an action against ourselves— this is even wishing that something was done to us or wishing something bad would happen to us or something like that. In in moments of depressiveness, we can really become self-harming, kind of. Mm, yeah. But wishing harm upon ourselves is basically wishing harm upon God's image. Therefore, this aren't this sorry, defaming God's name and uh, and taking his name in vain. Um, It's a really good point. Yeah. Getting close to the end here. Moving on to number 10. uh, (laughs) Six minutes left. So good time. Good time. When we make rash and unlawful vows. Mm. Right. Thomas Watson gives an example of a man who is sick and vows to God that he would live a restored life if God heals his body. Mm. Yet. When God heals his body, he goes on living as, as living life as if he was a devil. Hmm. Wow, um, yeah. And not doing what he vowed right. to God that he not would do. not taking that oath and, seriously. Yeah, yeah. And this is a very broad aspect in talking about a restored life, right? Yeah. That he would live a restored life, but really this can be anything, right? When we vow to God saying after this such thing or such and such thing, I will do something for God. Yet then we don't do it.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, taking that seriously, that mm-hmm. remembering whose, whose name you were taking oath on mm-hmm. and that that's not something you take lightly.
1: That's a very serious yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And lastly, um, when we speak evil of god now this one should be (laughs) quite simple yeah and obvious yet it is yet it is more involved than one might think Mm. um this aspect involves murmuring against god's providences Mm. and as an example if it's a hot day and we complain about the heat we are complaining that god is dealing with us harshly Hmm. Yes. By giving us too much sun. Yes. Right? That is taking his name in vain because we're, we're in a sense, speaking evil of God against one of his providences. Mm. Right? He's giving that sun for multiple different reasons. Right? Help plants or do other things. Right? Help paint dry. Who knows? But, <laughs> um, then we complain about that. Right? We're taking his name in vain by saying... Oh god, you're wrong in giving us too much sun. Yeah. Another example is complaining about the rain. Now, I don't know how much people complain about the sun, but what about the rain? <laughs> people certainly complain about rain. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, it depends um, on
0: your state. You know, out here we definitely mm-hmm. complain yes. about the sun. Back there a lot of rain. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. But um, that's a but, really good point though. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, it and that's should be very it might applicable. be one of the hardest because we do that on a daily basis. Um, right. And it's hard because, I mean, we are told, man, like three things just went through my head. I'll pick <laughs> one of them and go down that route. Um, you know, we we have those thoughts a lot, but we're told to take them to God in prayer in a, in a humble and contrite way, right? With a, It's a total attitude shift. You know, it's it's um, to use an ineloquent eloquent, allegory uh, it's like the peasant going before the king and yelling and screaming and crying instead of asking for help instead of saying hey this is my problem would you help me yeah. with it you know instead of yeah. taking that humble attitude you're like this is your fault this is you know how can you do right. when, when the king is doing it for a reason right a, a good reason right. that peasant has no idea about and couldn't possibly fathom without having the same mind which is impossible <laughs> so yeah that's, that's a really, yeah. really good thought.
1: Well, hopefully that puts <clears throat> stuff into perspective oh, um, yeah. that we must be content with what God has given us. Otherwise, we defame his name by calling his judgments unjust. Mm. Wow. So, wow, that and, was uh, that was really good. You know, I had a few
0: things I wanted to bring up from Brackle, but honestly, I, I think you tied that all So, well, I might just bring up one of them (laughs) because that was really, really good. Um, Thanks for bringing that up, Jake, and kind of reading through that book and pulling some things out. Very cool. (laughs) Um, As a reminder, what's the –
1: could you hold up the book again? What's the the title and the the author? Yes. It is The Ten Commandments by Thomas Watson. Awesome. Very cool. Well, maybe – that's a good book for people in the audience to look into. <laughs> and so, certainly, definitely a resource that I'm going to be use, using for episodes to come on this topic. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Yep. I reach for the Brockle series. You reach for that book. I think we're, <laughs> we're in good shape. <laughs> Very cool. Well, I'll just bring up one or two things then really quickly. Um, of course, it's me, so it won't be that quick. But I'll make it as quickly as I possibly can. Here we go. We'll try that. So, you know just just want to briefly discuss a few positives like what are some actions we can positively take as opposed to just restraining ourselves and not doing things what are some positive actions we can take for this uh to fulfill this commandment so um wilhelmus uh, brackle which I, I list I use his stuff a lot if you're watching you can actually see some of his books on the shelf um but he, he's got some really great commentaries on all of this kind of stuff. So uh, he has a series called The Christian's Reasonable Service. And so this is uh, volume three where he talks about the law, but um, he listed quite a few positives. Um, I gotta just pick one though. Let's see. I'll just, I'll pick, I'll pick the first one. Um, And that that one was uh, one of the positives. One of the actions we should do is to glorify God in all that we say or do. And so here's his quote. He said, this is to be our objective and must, this is to be our objective and must stimulate us to declare his virtues. And then he quotes First uh, Peter 2, 9, which says, But ye are a chosen generation that you should follow. Uh, I'm sorry. You should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Uh, and then also, let's see, this is uh, Colossians 3.17. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. And then also 1 Corinthians 10.31, do all to the glory of God. So it's fairly comprehensive, but but that's, that's a big part of this is that. We're to glorify God in all that we say or do. A couple other things that he listed was to be zealous for his name and cause. Um, He talks about Moses, Elijah, David, types of Christ. Um, He lists Exodus 23, um, talks about uh, 1 Kings 19.10, Psalm 69, verse 9. So look some of those up if you're interested in studying this more. And then thirdly, he said to call upon the name of the Lord. Um, Then the rest of his quote was, that is to bow reverently before him worship him, do his, due to his glory, uh, and humbly request from him all that you would have need of in every given situation privately or publicly with the church. So I thought that those were some interesting actions, um, just to consider. And it really played in pretty well, you know, some of the things that we'd already discussed in our conversation. Um, Mm. but, uh, yeah, anyways, it's kind of verbose language compared to some of what you were doing. I liked some of your language a little bit better, but figured it was good to get some of those in there. So, yeah. Very neat. Well, we're two minutes over. Anything you want to add quickly before we wrap up? Nope. All right. Nope. <laughs> well, thank you everyone so much for watching us today. We really appreciate it. TrdShow.net, TrdShow.net, the show website. Check it out today. Send us an email TrdShow at protonmail.com stands for The Reformed Dissenters. TrdShow at ProtimeMail.com. We'd really, really, really love to hear from you. Don't forget, like this video, sign up for our newsletter, do all the things that lets us know you enjoyed watching us, and we're looking forward to seeing you on Monday. Hope you have a great weekend, and remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord.